Well, hello, church family. Well, this is great to be able to record these again. Uh, I took a month off because I spent some time in L.A. F to do my doctorate ministry. And, uh, and I shared during the church family meeting that we are going to go through the book of Acts. And I have no clue how long I'm going to be here. But I intend to, uh, to go through each and every single verse of this book. Um, and this, these devotional podcasts are really supposed to be a supplement to your devotional reading. So if you want to go through the book of Acts with me, uh, this is just a way for you to just glean some of the uh, important uh, lessons and details. Uh, this doesn't mean that just because you listen to that you don't need to read the Bible on your own. Rather, this is just a way, a helpful tool for you to understand the Bible more, in particular here, the book of Acts. Now, uh, what's cool about what um, what's is just the, in God's timing and everything that, you know, Pastor Henry just finished the book of Luke. So it is a real smooth transition to get to do the book of Acts, because in a lot of ways, these are just two parts of the same uh, uh, story. Um, Luke wrote both of them. Uh, he is... A, Ph uses the phrase Dr. Luke a lot, and he is, he's a physician, um, and he is the one who wrote both of these books. Now for this particular episode, I'm not actually going to go through the text so much as I'm just going to give a survey, um, and I think it's very helpful that we understand uh, what this book is and why it's here and relative to the rest of scripture. Um, I believe that the the, the God of the Bible uh, is he, he, he's intentional in the way that he orchestrates the canon of scripture. It's not random. Uh, he, he divinely inspired individuals to pen each and every single word so that we know him. Now, the book of Luke or Luke Acts uh, here, this is really the, um, the, 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 the title Acts seems kind of strange because I think what we think of as like like things that you do, and that's true, and I think that's why it's uh, presented that way for you. Just this is a very action-filled book. It's just like you're going from one scene to another, and they're just uh, you know, things are happening. The church is growing, um, and I, but I think the more appropriate title of this is really the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I say that is because the Holy Spirit was promised all the way back, uh, um, you know, in, in Luke's gospel and even the other gospel, that, that there's going to be a helper that's going to come. Uh, there's going to be a helper that's going to be there and it's going to give them and help them see and uh, let them know things that they don't know. Uh, this is what uh, John chapter 16 said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you in all into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to what is to come. Um, the Holy Spirit is supposed to come into the uh, life of the apostles, they will indwell in them, and then they're supposed to go and, and do these <coughs> miraculous tasks. <coughs> and what is fascinating, which we might get into uh, the next episode, is that some of these things are not new even to the book uh, to Luke, which is again he's not uh, he he he's a he he's a historian and he so he knows all these little details and he he oftentimes will use phrases that connects back to the Old Testament. He's using imagery that's supposed to make you think back to uh, Old Testament references. Uh, that this tells us that um, you know the author of Scripture has everything. Uh, in his mind when he when he you know breathed out scripture he knows exactly how to connect things and it is our job to see those connections and when we see those connections we should have a greater appreciation for God's word so Luke here he is the writer but he isn't an apostle in fact I think PH mentioned it maybe two years ago 
that the reason why Luke is able to write uh, append this not because you know not only because the Holy Spirit inspired him to, but because he is a, he's a close friend of Paul. Uh, he's 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 Paul's travel companion, and we see this especially at the very end of book of the book of Acts when they're in the you know the boat together and they're in prison and they're about to go and the book the boat's about to capsize. Uh, he, Luke starts using the third person, uh, the third person pronoun where he's like we personal pronoun. He's like, we are, we went through this, uh, uh, our journey was like this, and we were, uh, you know, going through all of this. He's speaking from personal experience, and whatever he's writing, it's, um, it's, it's just a historical account of how the Lord worked through everything, and particularly through the apostles. And in a lot of ways, this book, is a, this whole book of Acts is a fulfillment of when Christ said that he will build his church. Uh, this the book of Acts actually shows you how that is. And we know in our life that the, the Lord is still building our church uh, and building you know, not just our church, but you know, the church in general as a whole. Uh, the Lord uh, will, you will move people providentially and sovereignly from place to place to build his church. Um, and, and we see how he does that. Sometimes he'll, he'll make persecution go into the church and they'll flee. And then through that fleeing and dispersion, dispersion uh, they go and make churches other, elsewhere, and that's how that's uh, you know in the eyes of the Jewish people that hated the Christians it was like okay this is our way to try and wipe out Christianity, but even part of God's sovereign plan that He fulfills it because they're called Christians are called to make be witnesses of Him and made and make Him be known throughout the world. Speaking of word witnesses, this that's actually the key word of this book. The word witness here shows up often, and the a witness here is a very technical term that basically means that he they're um, they are an eyewitness to Jesus Christ. Uh, they've they've seen the risen Savior, and they're going and because of that, because of that reality, they go and tell other people about it. Uh, this is the this is the truth that drives them, and is the truth that actually gives them the authority to say what they have to say. Because what they say in the in in, in that world was, was so bizarre and weird, just like our context. It's super strange. You know, we believe this Jesus that that came into the world, fully God and fully man, living this perfect life and dying for our sins and rising again three days later. And is that resurrection there that they they see him? They're eyewitnesses of him that gives them courage to go and tell other people and not be afraid of death because they know that they 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 worship the true and risen God. And the second kind of main theme of this book is is that resurrection of Christ. Uh, it's an important theme because when Christ you know, you know at the end of Luke he he, re, he dies he comes back to life and then Acts begins picks up exactly where it left off where uh, Christ is teaching the people for forty days and First Corinthians fifteen tells us that. Um, that the same thing as well that, that, he, that Jesus spoke to some more than uh, f uh, several hundred people. There are a lot of people that sees Jesus Christ, and then they go, and that's what the key, that that's what drives them to go and evangelize to the ends of the earth. Um, and then beginning of Acts actually tells us really the theme and the purpose of this book. In Acts chapter one verse eight it says that, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest, remotest part of the earth. Uh, this is the, the point of this book, is to see how that is, uh, is being played out. How does the gospel go from Jerusalem to the end of the earth? And again, this is strange for a Jewish mind to read, because 
when they were thinking about salvation in the Old Testament paradigm is that they stay in one place, they stay in one area, and then they, uh, in their faithfulness to Yahweh, the Lord blesses the nation, and then the, all of the nations go to them. And that's where they get salvation. They see Yahweh through the faithfulness of Israel. Now we know because the Jewish people were fa unfaithful to the Lord, that the Lord stopped using them and started using the church, and they're called to go out and be lights into, the, into a, a very dark world. That's where we are, and that's what's similar between us and, and the early apostles, that they are supposed to go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, this book was written around 60 to 62 AD, and again, Paul, uh, P, Luke, sorry, uh, Luke wrote this knowing that first, yes, it's to Theophilus, but he understood that when he was writing this, there wasn't just strictly to him, that there were going to be other people reading this. That's why he makes a lot of illustrations and references to, to the Old Testament. Um, he's, he, he's intentionally um, highlighting certain events so that people will know that the Old Testament is just a continuation. This book, the a book of Acts and Luke and everything in the New Testament, is a continuation of the Old Testament, that Jesus Christ is that promised Messiah all the way back from Isaiah 53 and even all the way back to Genesis when they was a promised Savior. And this book is about how the Holy Spirit works through the life of the believer. Now there is a caution I think there needs to be, uh, that needs to be said, that as we go through this book, uh, there's going to be some uh, supernatural elements to it in that you know, people are going to get healed, um, angels are going to come and break uh, the apostles out of prison, uh, they're going to get bitten by a snake and not get hurt. This doesn't mean that it's a normative for all Christians. Um, just because it happens to the apostle doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. So don't try and like go in front of a snake and get bitten by it because you'll probably uh, go to the hospital or uh, yeah, yeah, you'll probably be sent to the hospital. So if narrative is not normative, uh, that means that we just need to be, we just need to read some of these uh, texts with just just with caution that this doesn't mean that's going to happen to us exactly the same way. Uh, however, uh, there is a counterbalance to this in that in the in the epistles, uh, if if you ever see something that's reiterated, like when Paul t instructs the church a certain way, or Peter's instructing the church, uh, those are things that I think. Acts is helpful because it gives you an example of how those things are played out. And we'll get to those once we get into the book of Acts, but it's, in particular, it's important for us to understand that not everything in the narrative means that that's how the Christian life is going to be. Uh, your life, your Christian walk, is going to look radically different from the Apostle's life and how everything is played out there. But it is important to know that the common denominator between your life and our life and, and, and to the Apostle is that the Holy Spirit is working through us. He, the Holy Spirit is not going to work in us the same way that he's going to do, that he did in the past, but the Holy Spirit still indwells in the life of the, of the believer, that we speak boldly, that we have this compassion for those that are in the church and outside the church, that we, that we go and make disciples of the nation. All of these things are the acts of the Holy Spirit in our life as well. But that doesn't mean that you go and heal people, they fall asleep off a building and then they, you know, they break their neck and then you, you can't resurrect people. Um, because uh, narrative isn't normative. Normative. Again, this is going to be a very interesting book. This book is divided into two parts. You can kind of divide it uh, in half. And the first half of this book, it's uh, is really the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of Peter. And you see Peter kind of rising up to be that leader. He's going to go in, in Jerusalem and in Judea. And, 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 you know, he's like just sharing the gospel. Well, in the context of more Jerusalem uh, and being that faithful one that God has uh, made him to be. 
um, you know, Jesus told him that he was going to die for him one day, and then that's we see that kind of played out here, where he's going to get persecuted. Uh, he's not going to deny Jesus anymore. Peter, at this point, is matured. He's seen the risen Savior. He's a witness of Jesus Christ, and that's what makes him such a powerful um, tool of the Lord to go and build the church. So, as he uh, goes and do this, eventually this, the story shifts and focuses on the Apostle Paul. That's what the last half of the book is about, is how Paul will take the gospel to, to other places, to Judea, Samaria, and even to the end of the earth. Uh, we see how the Lord shifts the focus on him, but the main character really isn't Peter or Paul, but it's the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, it's cool because even though the Holy Spirit is working in Paul in a unique way. He, it isn't like Peter and the other apostles all of a sudden stop working and they're not being used by God. Uh, we just, as a, as a viewer, a reader of this text, we're only given a certain amount of information. And that's how the Lord works in all of us. We may not see how the Lord works in different parts of the world, but the Lord is working through other churches. And, and, and I, I trust once we're in heaven and we get to see how, uh, how the Lord providentially used everything and everyone, that we're going to find ourselves marvel at this like God's power over all the events in history. Uh, and I think this book is encouraging because it allows us to see that persecution is just a normal part of the Christian life. I think especially in our time when, we're, when we tend to want to resist that, um, a book like this is helpful for us to know that God is going to use us in a very unique way in this unique time. Much like the apostles, uh, I mean, I'm sure there were people that were nervous and scared at times, and there were people that, even Christians that uh, you see in, in the book of Acts, they were just you know, worried for their other uh, apostles. Um, the, but there's still so much joy in knowing that we are privileged to be able to be called sons of God, or children of God, and be able to represent Him in a very unique and scary time. Um, so this just means that we can trust in the Lord, that the Lord, you know, we can, some of us will be like, you know, Peter and Paul will, will, will somehow survive uh, very dire circumstances. And other times, we might be even like Stephen, where in our defense of God, we will end up being killed for it. But w whether we live or die, we know that for us, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So that's this part. Uh, this is our little part one of the, it's kind of like intro through the book of Acts. And I look forward to going through the rest of this book. It's going to be a long journey, and I trust that it's going to be edifying and encouraging to all of us as we look through the book of Acts. Thanks for listening. Take care, and have a great day.